Hey there, welcome to XR Industry Leaders with ArborXR. My name is Brad Scoggin, and I am the CEO and one of three co-founders of ArborXR. We've had the opportunity of working with thousands of companies since 2016. And we've learned a ton about what it takes for XR to be successful in your organization. And I'm Will Stackable, co-founder and CMO. This podcast is all about interviewing the leaders who are on the ground making XR happen today. True pioneers in the space, from Amazon, Walmart, and UPS, to Coke, Pfizer, and beyond to uncover the pitfalls, lessons learned, and secrets that you can use to help grow XR in your organization. All right, well today we get to sit down with Tommy Kopeck. Tommy is the Senior Manager for Digital Medical Education at Zimmer Biomet. Uh, Tommy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it was fun, we were just talking, Tommy's calling in from Alabama today, and I'm originally from Oklahoma, so we were kind of, uh, you know, uh, just talking about small town life in, in, in the Midwest. Um, but maybe Tommy, just to kick us off, uh, tell us a little bit, kind of at a high level, what does Zimmer Biomed do? Sure, we are a medical device manufacturer. And so we, if you think of joint replacement parts, those hardwares, that's what we do. We manufacture those, we install them. Um, so my, well, I don't, we don't install them. The healthcare providers install them. But so my job is to help get those medical education uh, initiatives and, and trainings um, accelerated so our healthcare providers are prepared to do that in the operating room. So we help, we manufacture the, the devices basically, and then mm -hmm. we help the healthcare providers understand how to implement them and, and you know, uh, put them in, in the body. Got it. That's very cool. Uh, so tell, tell me too, we, we kind of did a little background on you. And so before you're at Zimmer, uh, I know you worked as an instructor, instructor and you organized a lot of on-site, some remote training. Uh, so maybe tell us a little bit about the challenges that you faced when you were doing the web-based training. Well, certainly everyone's familiar with uh, the most recent pandemic of COVID-19. <laughs> so I was actually teaching in higher education uh, when that happened. And so we, just like everyone else, were forced to go online. And it was a great time to, <laughs> to get up to speed on online training and education. Um, I think I had a leg up maybe on some other professions because it wasn't completely foreign. We had a lot of web-based, computer-based trainings before, mm -hmm. um, but this was an opportunity to really expand that and see what else was going on out there. And um, so we, we uh, utilized all kinds of new, or I did anyway, new implements uh, for like gamification of learning. I, that became mm -hmm. a bigger component of my um, kind of uh, CV of, of outlook for, for how to, improve training and education. Um, and that's something that we've kind of continued here at Simmer Biomed, actually. Um, one of the yeah. aspects that we do is, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into MR and XR, but we also do um, the, the our website for surgeon-focused or healthcare provider-focused um, learning. Uh, the LMS we use, the learning management system we use there, yeah. has a gamification um, uh, built into it. So we have ways to kind of track on a leaderboard, which is great. Uh, healthier providers probably tend to be a little competitive. And so it's neat to have, you know, these kind of uh, leaderboards that we can put up there and give people points and badges and all that for, you know, completing uh, learning tasks. We're all, we're all just a bunch of big kids, right? The, we grew up playing games. Uh, it's, that's very cool. And we, we talk a lot about uh, COVID just being such an accelerant for technology adoption, right? And kind of forcing us into things that it was, it was really hard for a season and then kind of opened our eyes to maybe some more efficient ways of doing things. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about kind of your transition into XR 
just in general, and then kind of how that led to your current role at, at Zimmer Biomet. Sure. Yeah. So again, I was uh, teaching in, in higher education, um, tenure track and all that. And I'm happy to say I was awarded tenure and uh, promoted. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. We forgot to say you are Dr. Tommy Kopak. We should <laughs> that, that give honor to our zoo. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. I am, I am a PhD, but yeah, so I was teaching. Um, my, my background's in athletic training so sports yeah. medicine and you know kind of like the initial injury evaluation so you watch a football or basketball game basketball's mm -hmm. going on now you know someone gets hurt the people that run out there on the court and do the initial assessment that you know that's my my career um so that's where i started kind of in healthcare, and then i loved it but i loved teaching so being able to get hands-on and teach other younger students or when i became old enough and was certified you know teaching um you know, people who are assigned to me uh, my, as a preceptor, I just loved it. And so I pursued teaching, 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 and, you know, did the PhD, was teaching athletic training and healthcare and kinesiology courses. And um, yeah, around the pandemic time, I just started opening my eyes to all these other cool things that are out there besides mm -hmm. just the way I was teaching. There's other ways. And so, yeah, learning about some of these other, you know, the mixed reality world and, and you know, learning about what's, you know, AR versus MR versus VR and um, kind of nailing that was, was exciting for me. Um, you know, Brady kind of mentioned it, kind of growing up playing video games. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, uh, maybe not quite middle-aged, but, uh, you know, throughout the 90s, we played tons of video games in the early 2000s, <laughs> like when I was in grade school, high school, even yeah. college. This was pre-Fortnite. So, it was pre-Fortnite. So, yeah, I may have only stuck to one game if it was... Uh, I was I got, I've got to ask, what was your go-to? Do you have a go-to game? Brad and I are both Halo back in the day, but well, and before oh. that, though, Goldeneye. Before that, right? Oh, uh, okay. Right. So I was gonna say Goldeneye or Perfect Dark. Once we got the oh, yeah, expansion Dark. pack, yeah, yeah, for the Nintendo sixty-four, yes, or wrestling. You know, No Mercy was a big one. Um, yeah, you could do the whole Royal Rumble, get all your buddies out. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> but we definitely did the land parties. Um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I'd laugh on the original Xbox. We'd uh, we had some, you know, kind of tertiary friends from high school uh but we all liked halo so it was like okay we'll, yeah. we'll kind of be real good friends on like friday or saturday come over <laughs> you know we'll we'll hard line like you know don't peek over our shoulders don't look at our tv screen uh, the good xbox days. connect oh yeah yeah it was cool it was, i mean now i still like, i still have a gym bag full, like with with two xboxes in my whole setup and storage that every once in a while i'm like i want to pull it out for my kids i don't know i don't know if they... <laughs> anyways sorry, i, I have like yeah. the bass guitar and like drums and a guitar for a rock band yeah, uh, for the yeah. Beatles rock band that's yeah. just sitting in a closet I'm like good times PlayStation 3 too so I'm like I don't even know how to what I'm going to do with it but I have a hard <laughs> time getting rid of it finding out there are different ways to you know engage learners and that learning doesn't stop formally at you know college high school whatever like there's different ways uh, I started getting into instructional design and kind of seeing like learning development um and that led me to this job at Zimmer Biomet as, again, the senior manager for digital medical education, which is a really fancy way of saying, yeah, that we're trying to get our uh, medical training and education endeavors up to, you know, at, at this case, 2023. We want to make sure we're offering online learning and then that it's substantial and that it's valid and, um, and, and worthy of, you know, someone sitting there and, and interacting with it. Mm -hmm. I love it. One of the things that interested me about Zimmer Biomet when we first started working with you guys is seeing that, okay, this is a company that 
it has operations in I think more than 25 countries, sales in 100 plus countries, and you've got multiple interesting use cases with AR and VR. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about what is Zimmer Biobent doing? Maybe you could start with AR, talk a little bit about that, and then we can transition to VR. Yeah, we have a, um, a strategic partnership that uh, we're using AR to help clinicians in the mm -hmm. operating room. So they are able to, uh, there's a couple of different use cases, really. The, the best, the coolest way is we can get a CT scan and we can actually overlay that scan on top of the patient. So basically with these oh, wow. goggles um, or glasses, I guess, the headset allows you to look down at the patient and obviously it's, you know, much different than VR where you have, you can, you can, it's a pass through, you mm -hmm. know, lens. So you can see everything that's going on, but we can overlay that anatomy on top of this individual's hip. And so as you insert tools, as wow. you start making measurements, you get real time feedback. Um, you can see for yourself, like if, if there's a particular defect, you know, that's readily apparent as you're planning, you know, your, your, your next step in the surgery. So it's really pretty cool. Um, another awesome. use case would be, we have a proprietary kind of um, interactive suite of, of an operating room. And so we, we are able to um, show off some of that technology and, and all the technologies that we have in the operating room by putting on the, uh, the headset and kind of a, a little simpler way of, of utilizing this headset um, is being able just to have live audio and video uh, in the OR. And so yeah. if we're one for training education, that's one of our big focuses. Uh, you know, you can cast this to a larger screen. So people, you know, just like a residence maybe would anyway, like oh, kind of get in the theater to watch. They can see the, the, the microphones are built in just like with the VR headsets, microphones and speakers are built right in. So you can have a real dialogue or real question and answer kind of forum, you know, while you're there uh, with, with a, a live case. Uh, so really pretty cool. Well, and I know we, we saw that there was that great news announcement that you guys are bringing the, the first FDA cleared mixed reality system, navigation system for hip replacement using mixed reality. Um, what are, I mean, that's, it's interesting that it's just now we're starting to see some of these products come on the market. What's been your perspective on, the timeline of how long it's take, you know, we, we've been talking about AR and VR for forever, really for 30 years or whatever, but it seems that just now we're starting to see some of these real world applications that are being used in ORs and in other, you know, for training and everything else around, around the world. But what's, what's been your personal feel just as you've entered this in, in the timeline and what it takes to, to get XR into the real world? Well, I think that there's still the intimidation of, we're, you know, I'm laughing with you guys about playing video games and maybe putting on a headset or the whole VR concept isn't that foreign, but out in the, I don't know, in, in, in industry, it's just been slower to adapt. They're slower to uh, manufacture as well. So, you know, as we go through our development cycles, um, you know, I think some of the hesitation is it does take substantial, you know, resources and effort to, and time mm -hmm. to get it right because what you don't want if we think about gaming and, uh, you know, I just mentioned gamification, what we don't want is that gamification feel. So you don't want it to feel like a video game right? Yeah. when you're trying to do a when you're trying to prepare a surgeon or show somebody like this is what the, you know, all of our tools, you know, we spend a lot of time with those CAD files, getting them just right. And mm -hmm. it has all the disclaimers on the bottom of the tool. If you turn, you know, like they're, they're incredibly detailed. Um, so you don't want to undercut that by having mm. 
like a cartoon feel. And so I think getting that feel is really important. Um, and so I think it's probably a little bit of hesitation from, from uh, kind of the, a wider, you know, working audience. Uh, but you've had multiple guests on the show already who have kind of from big companies who, again, are, are showing the the reliability of it and, and how valid this is to ex- accelerate learning. You know, most of them have been kind of like onboarding. Ours is a little different. It is kind of onboarding. We're, we're onboarding the healthcare professionals to, you know, perform the surgery, um, you know, safely and effectively using our tools and using our, our product. Um, and so there's still an onboarding going on. It's maybe a little different, but ultimately it's the same goal. It's trying to get someone from, you know, new to, you know, mm-hmm. proficient as quickly as possible. And I think that's where we're really shining, um, or where we are finding the, you know, our, our kind of sweet spot with, uh, VR. Well, it, no, it's, I mean, change is always hard and we talk, you know, the silver lining of COVID kind of helping force some of this change, but. I mean, FDA cleared is a big deal. There's some ISVs we talk with that have gotten insurance approval to pay for the, some of their their applications. And I think that is a big moment that a lot of people yeah. aren't talking about just for XR overall. When you start seeing that level of approval, you have insurance paying for things. I mean, that is a huge step of maturity, I think, that we should all be, be celebrating for where XR is at today. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, that's funny, too, to think about AR is kind of this uh, – newer technology you know big push with that and and we're just now getting where vr is awesome and really stable um (laughs) you know and 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 incredible um and already you're seeing like ar kind of spinning off and and there's a big push for that to you know how can we use this and and, Mm -hmm. you know helping people understand i think part of my job and, and my team's job is to help people understand the differences of vr ar again we kind of think of ar the way we're using it uh as in biomet for and kind of more clinical applications mm-hmm. versus VRs, you know, we, we kind of use it for like training and education purposes. Um, you know, with that said, there's tons of exceptions and, and crossovers there, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's so neat to see VRs finally kind of people are getting comfortable with it. The headsets are becoming more affordable as well. Yeah. You know, there's some really high tier uh, models maybe that violate that, but you know, they're pretty accessible. You know, even when we take them to, to shows and, and show off some of the procedures we have, uh, a number of people are like, well, how can I get these, you know, how can I get this on my headset? Because people already have headsets, you know, because, again, they're they're really user friendly and they're, again, the price point isn't as uh, dramatic as it used to be. So I think that we still have VR for a long time, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I'm excited about all technology. So AR coming on the scene and kind of, you know, getting that rocket strapped to it. I'm all for it. You know, we're, we're going to jump on board of that too. Uh, with Zimmer Biomet, we try and be bold, try and be innovative. And so when we see these new technologies, you know, we want to be on the front end of that. Definitely. You talked about AR and there's some fantastic new headsets coming on the market even soon. Magic Leap's coming out with theirs. Um, it's available, but it's starting to get, you know, better penetration now. Let's switch over to VR. I mean, we can go to Best Buy and pick up uh, a Quest for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. How are you, how is Zimmer Biomet thinking about and using VR right now? Yeah, well, again, it's so easy now to get into VR. Um, you know, I want to encourage everyone, if, if anyone's listening and hasn't tried it out, go for it because it's, the barrier to entry is so low. Um, and, and that's a great thing because we want more people using it and more people being comfortable with it and more people adopting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way we generally use it is, um, 
in, in this small little town in the middle of Indiana, you know, Warsaw, Indiana, uh, is where our, our manufacturing and a number of medical device companies manufacturing plants are. Um, that's, if you look into Warsaw, the history of Warsaw, there's a, it's, it's funny how many orthopedic companies have spun off from the small little town, but in, in, if you drive, if you drive <laughs> through, it's still a small town. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it has such a cool history to it. Um, anyways, that's where we have our, our headquarters. And so we have a fleet of headsets, uh, that stay there that we basically loan out, um, as necessary. So generally, uh, our salespeople will contact us and say, Hey, you know, I have an event coming up. I want to show off blah, blah, blah procedure with blah, blah, blah surgeon. So there's a whole request form, uh, and, and we, you know, overnight them a headset and, or two or three or whatever they need. Uh, we actually, we obviously use the Arbor system to help kind of manage that. And it's, that's incredibly, uh, it's been a game changer for us. Uh, so being able to manage the fleet, um, cause we, we, we've, I'm, I'm over the Americas, but we're a global company. And so we work with our partners in, you know, EMEA, APAC, you know, mm-hmm. Australia, New Zealand. Um, so all, and you know, the rest of Latin America and, and, and Canada. So we have headsets everywhere. So being able to track them, see what like software and firmware versions they are. Um, we just, you know, developed another module like just earlier today, actually. And I or it finished it passed all of the all the routing that it needed to. So it's as simple as a couple of clicks. And now that module is live on, you know, everyone's headsets, just incredible. Um, so the salespeople will request those headsets. We send them out and, uh, and they do the, the live demonstrations or event demonstration right in front of the surgeon uh, or the group of surgeons. And, mm-hmm. you know, it can be helpful for helping them understand any sticky points before a, a surgeon gets into the OR. Um, it's great for the, the reps themselves to, freshen up on a procedure potentially. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the the everyday use that we have. Um, We do go to bigger trade shows and and events as well, and we kind of showcase it. And so, you know, we'll we'll have a TV that has a procedure kind of on loop, gets people to look over at us, kind of get their attention. They come over, you know, we try and get them in that headset and give them that immersive experience. And that's what, again, the, the big difference for me between VR and AR is that immersive experience with VR you're fully there. You're fully immersed. Um, AR has, it just has a completely different, uh, use case. And so you don't need that immersive. You need, you need to pass through, but so I think it's important to get people the experience of what does this feel like? And it's incredible people. It takes a couple minutes to figure out how do your hands work to grab the tools and all that. <laughs> but then you start watching people and you're like, Oh, I can figure out what step they are, uh, on the oh, procedure, wow. the way they're like holding their hand or their, you know, whatever hand motion they're doing. So even though they're standing in the middle of the, you know, the floor looking like a goof, um, you can be like, oh, okay, I know what step you're on. Okay, okay. Yeah, the classic VR has a marketing problem that nobody looks good in a headset. But when you put on, <laughs> when you put on the headset, it's amazing. It, it's great. So many yeah. people are like, can you take a picture of me? Can you take a video of me? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy not, to. It's not going to be the same. <clears throat> we started out years ago uh, with VR arcades. And it was a funny thing we did not expect that because it is it's such an isolating experience that people would be embarrassed. Like they'd come in with their friends, but they would be embarrassed to put on the headset and, you know, have people watch them. So, yeah, there, there are those kind of funny little. So it was big things. to have the to be able to cast to a TV was actually really helpful because then the other people who aren't in the headset can at least have a 2D representation of what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, what kind of like what kind of feedback have you been hearing either from your sales reps or 
uh, from people on the ground at the trade shows. Has it been helpful to have this tool? Without a doubt. So we had one of the, the industry's bigger or, or one of the biggest events that the industry has, double um, uh, AOS or the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons uh, was in Las Vegas this year, mm-hmm. but in March, and we had over 70 people over two and a half days um, come in 70 unique cases of people coming and putting the headsets on and, and trying out. Um, a lot of those were actually on the younger side. So like medical students, so maybe residents, but maybe even still in med school. Um, and maybe, you know, I think that that may, might be one of our target audiences because yeah, they're the ones who are going to need more reps. So again, if you think of, you know, med school resident, you know, they don't get a whole lot of hands-on practice in a live case. And so you reduce the travel costs, the logistics of them going to a a lab or a cadaver lab, you don't have the, the um, necessity to, again, to have a specimen there. Um, or if they use like sawbones, there's just no destruction. There's no loss of resources. You can, if you make a mistake, it's, you know, there's a zero harm uh, possibility, right? So you just restart the module and you just try again um, until you can nail the entire uh, process. Um, and so I think that's, you know, invaluable for us. And, and so the sales people have been loving it because every time they see it, every time we have a new module, a new procedure released, they're like, oh my God, of course, they keep being like, well, what else, what else, you know, when are you gonna have this one? When are you gonna have this one? Um, but it's so helpful for them to see it. And then when they show their surgeons, again, the surgeons are blown away and just saying, like, man, this is so impressive. And, you know, again, you have that initial learning curve of like, oh, this is what my hands look like. But then... <laughs> A minute or two later, they're like, okay, you know, they're grabbing the tool, they're grabbing the leg, you know, they're putting this in, pulling that in. And and it's just, it's so uh, impressive to me how quickly people ramp up to that level of, again, I don't know if it's proficiency, but it's certainly comfort. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of go from looking like, mm-hmm. oh, I look like a robot to like, oh, now I'm smoothly moving and, and doing it. Um, so the salespeople have been loving it. Well, we are able to showcase it. Absolutely work. It, people love it. Um I will say you kind of mentioned, uh, Will, about casting. So casting is still maybe like the final frontier of, of VR stability. Yep. We still have issues with it. Uh, we've tried a couple of different solutions. And until a headset's ready to kind of go old school and just, you know, have a hard line from the headset to the TV, which I know is ugly and kind of is antithetical to um, technology, but casting still a little bit of a, uh, an issue, certainly for us. And so we... Instead, we'll have a TV that's looped, uh, again, a recording, like an MP4 or, or video file or whatever of, of our procedure. Um, and so that kind of helps satisfy that, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of, you, you don't have to be in VR to kind of see it and appreciate it. Um, you, you hit on something that I think is super important to us. You talk about, you know, with the, the medical students or res- residents, the ability to get in and go through the this procedure again and again without the waste, without the mess. And that's just so important. I mean, when we think about VR specifically, I mean, XR, but VR specifically, we think about it's something that should give us our time back. You shouldn't, you know, train in your, at your house, in your dorm. Don't go in, you don't have to go in and mess with a cadaver. You're not, you're not going through cadavers, right? There's, there's just a lot of value there. uh, That, that, I mean, that's, that hits home for us when you think about the time savings that we can have to kind of get back into real life. Absolutely. And that's 
crucial, um, you know, as, as you know, we're thinking about medical students and residents who maybe have a little more time, but like the more, you know, you, you advance in your career, you know, exactly. if we just talk about video games again, you know, I, I don't know the last time I played a video game, exactly. right? Like yeah, right, time just right. evaporates. What right? is You're a video like, game? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I don't even know what's out anymore. Um, <laughs> but the same idea, you know, for healthcare providers that yeah. you just, time becomes so precious, right? And so if we can accelerate learning, if we can accelerate that, that onboarding kind of uh, experience, you know, then that's, that's where we're going to see the biggest win. And uh, I think we are seeing that. I think there's, there's, there's published research out there about um, some of our procedures uh, being utilized and, you know, people, uh, this one particular study I have in mind had people either just read the surgical technique guides Mm. for an hour, or they got to practice in VR for an hour. And then both groups went and practiced on the the sawbone, the like, you know, model. And, you know, with obviously the, the VR group performed better. They had fewer mistakes, they had yes. better accuracy with all the steps. Um, it's just such a great learning tool. And so, well, kind of to hit back on something you asked about, you know, maybe not quite barriers, but it's kind of the explosion of VR. I think the more we can demonstrate that, again, the ROI that, you know, we're seeing some great effects from this. Um, and, and we're going to continue to to kind of push that and, and help people understand that using this um, virtual reality or augmented reality, mm-hmm. you know, just accelerates your learning or your, your increase in, in knowledge. Yeah. So I kind of want to zoom in there a little bit. You know, we're hearing this over and over again from organizations, large and small, that there's massive ROI, not only time savings, but also, you know, your hip insight product is actually allowing for more accurate surgeries, which means out of a mm-hmm. thousand surgeries, you're going to have fewer errors. So if, if it's, if it's this, transformative why aren't we seeing this technology everywhere and i guess the question is what what have you experienced and what are you are you seeing are some of the kind of pain points in getting this thing from pilot stage uh the friction points from getting from pilot stage to scale sure you know we we are a global brand a global company and so one of the bigger problems that we'll encounter which isn't directly tied to vr is is localization of clearances of procedures. Um, so again, maybe something's cleared in Mexico that's not cleared in Colombia or, you know, versus Canada versus, you know, we, we kind of cover region, you know, EMEA, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, England's different than, you know, Northern Ireland or, you know what I mean? Like, or Poland. Yeah. So uh, keeping all those regions uh, lined up is, is difficult. And so, you know, we certainly rely on our local um colleagues there to, to help us understand what's what's available and what's not again a, a, a great thing about the arbor xr system is that we're able to individually you know unclick a procedure that's not yet available in you know x country so it's really convenient for us from that fleet management perspective to be mm-hmm. able to isolate what's on each individual headset um th- that's our big problem with, you know, like the application side, I, you know, I don't know other friction points or why everyone else isn't using it. I do still think that there's that intimidation of putting a headset on and I can tell you from people, you know, from within our company, there, there's a hesitation of just trying to learn something very new. There's not a whole lot of, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of applicable lateral steps. Um, so if you think of like using a new spreadsheet, if you're using SmartSheet for the first time, 
well, if you've learned Excel or, you know, you can kind of get by with Excel, you can probably figure out Smartsheet. Like it's not, it does a lot more and it's, there's just such a, a great reason to, to use this new thing, but you can kind of have something to compare it to. I think that people have the idea that VR doesn't have that comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we develop VR, we um, keep pushing for this technology. I think our job is to show them you really do, you know, mm-hmm. it, it that if, if we do it VR right, then you will see there won't be this big friction. You know, you'll you'll seamlessly kind of fit in. It'll start making sense. Um, you know, I mentioned that, that people who are kind of clumsy with their hands at first just takes a couple minutes and you start, you start figuring out, oh, this button controls kind of this grip. But then if mm-hmm. I push this button, you know, it powers on the power drill or, you know, whatever tool they're using in the OR. And it's one, it's rewarding. So back to, you know, getting into teaching for the first time, like, that still sparks that kind of, when you see those aha moments, it's still as powerful where you're like, Oh, they're making that connection of, you know, this is how I'm using my hands in this immersive virtual uh, environment. So I think, you know, you just, we have to break down that barrier of intimidation. Um, We kind of talked about costs and when, when people want to purchase their own headsets, I'm like, man, you know, you don't have to buy them through us, buy them from wherever, you know, get them on Mm -hmm. a black Friday deal or, you know, whatever deals coming up, you know, again, the, the, it is still a couple hundred bucks, which maybe not everyone can swing, but compared to what it was a few years ago, yeah. um, you know, I think that as more competition gets in the marketplace, that's going to keep going down. And again, hopefully that friction will, will decrease. And I think that, for instance, this this one, your product, but then also this podcast is helpful in that uh, front to help people understand that from all these different backgrounds and, and careers and industries, there's an application um, you know, I think mm-hmm. we're all kind of hitting on yeah. the same thing, just being able to, you, you mentioned saving time, you know, just expediting and making more efficient use of our time. Um, and, and I think from a, uh, medical training education standpoint, you know, we at Zimmer Biomed have, have definitely felt that. You know, I think you hit on something that, yeah, the it's, it really is a collective effort for all of us to attack these little friction points to see this technology move forward technology that we're all excited about those of us who are in it that we're seeing these incredible results um tommy you get a 10 out of 10 for hitting the arbor plug script so i thank you for that um <laughs> just kidding but as you wrap, <laughs> venmo right yeah so uh as we wrap here I'd, I'd love to hear your take on you know as an educator at heart like, where do you see, so an educator who's in healthcare, where do you see kind of the future of this going? You know, I've, I've maybe this sounds too pie in the sky, but it's almost limitless, right? Your, like your imagination is what's uh, capping, you know, the utilization of this because we have, you know, without getting too much into like what we have in development, the, the, the way that we are developing VR right now is, you know, very OR focused and, and yeah. procedure focused, but the applications beyond that are extremely wide open and ready to be, you know, kind of delved. And, and we, we have some projects down the pipeline that are, that are going to explore that. Um, I think that VR has this unique ability again, to get you immersive without you having to travel anywhere, go and, you know, I can sit here in my office in Birmingham, Alabama, and can be in a virtual operating room. I can be in a collaborative mode, you know, so me and my partners and a surgeon and a resident can all be, you know, in four different places and all get meet in that VR work, uh, VR operating room and see all the steps that we need to do to, to complete this task. Um, 
I, I just think it's incredible. So yeah, from, from a educational standpoint, I think that again, we, we there's, there's no real, maybe that's too, I don't know, Pollyanna is it, it's, it's limitless. We have all the ability, all, all that runway ahead of us yeah. for, for how we want to use it. Um, if it's collaborating, if it's doing more intense, maybe training or, or valuation periods, um, you know, we're, have a couple of internal dialogues about kind of formalizing um, some of these VR procedures to, and I, I think some of your other guests have, have shared that too, of having like an assessment built into it. Um, you know, again, you, you're, you're at a, a low risk uh, immersive virtual environment. Like there's, I think we, we need to really hit that nail on the head and understand uh, the, the, kind of blessing that that is that yeah there's there is no risk there's no logistical nightmare to to interact with um you just hit restart you know from a yeah, right getting away from like game right. over you know video game stuff like at then at the end of the day you can just hit restart and try again right and and get as many reps as you can so um yeah from an educational standpoint i i love that ability to you know make progress and immediately try again yeah no, I love that. The, the sky's the limit. Yeah, the, the sky's the limit for a low risk virtual environment for what you can do. I, I think that's a, just a beautiful, beautiful picture, uh, and especially you know from a, a company like Zimmer Biomet, who's definitely a leader. You've already let out with an FDA cleared um, module, which is really cool. So, uh, Tommy, this has been great. We really appreciate your time. I know you're you're too busy to play video games just like us, so your time is valuable. Uh, but thanks so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on there. And we were proud for Summer Biomet to be bold and innovative. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, that, that was a fun interview. Um, the whole time, I mean, we got to talk about Halo. We got to talk about GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. <laughs> and honestly, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, being from a small town, Oklahoma, and it's lunchtime, I'm thinking about a small town diner with some chicken fried steak. Um, but that, that was great talking to Tommy. I think to me, the way we ended that kind of this just encapsulated the whole uh what's exciting about what they're doing is you've got somebody with the authority of an fda cleared vr application who is dreaming you know the limitless dreams about what could happen in a risk-free uh virtual immersive environment which yeah and that to me that's very exciting yeah it's true i love talking to companies like this and tommy was yeah it was a real treat just interesting that now we're seeing big companies using both AR and VR, multiple use cases. For us, it was new to talk to somebody that's using VR for sales. You know, yeah. being at a conference, being able to demonstrate some of their technologies in a way they couldn't before. And then on the other end, surgeons putting on mixed reality device and being able to do hip replacements and knee replacements and other types of very complicated surgeries more effectively, more more accurately. I mean, that's like, that's like sci-fi. It's wild. It's real world. Yeah. It's happening right now. It is. It is. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure you listen or subscribe wherever you consume podcasts, and we will catch you next time. Thanks.